Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Welcome back. 420 here on WHBY. Yes, indeed. The sounds of baseball will soon fill the air as we eagerly anticipate another baseball season here in the Fox Valley. And it's official. Ten more years of partnership between the Wisconsin Timberettlers and the Milwaukee Brewers. We're excited about this and excited to check in with the president and CEO today of the Wisconsin Timberettlers, Rob Zerjav, joining us now on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Hi, Rob. Hey, Willie. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you with us. And uh, I think just thinking about baseball right now brings a little bit of warmth to our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. You know, and it's been, been so cold and just looking out my window and everything's white and dreary. Uh, yeah, more baseball definitely brings joy to my heart and hopefully everybody else too. Well, Rob, it became official, I believe, uh, just about last week. A- the official invitation to become the high A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers for the T-Rats. Uh, I want to start there. Um, your initial reactions and, and feelings towards this, and, and then what kind of went into making this happen for the Rattlers? Uh, well, the, the first part of that is very easy to answer. The second part's going to maybe be a little, little bit longer. Uh, very excited about, about this uh, new extension we have with the Brewers. Historically, we've always signed a two-year or a four-year partnership with the Brewers. Um, the fact that now moving forward it's going to be a 10-year relationship, um, it's great for us. Uh, the Brewers are excited about it, and hopefully our fans are as well, because you know for the next 10 years, it, it'll be longer than that as well, but for the next 10 years, you know you're going to be seeing future Brewer prospects, potential Brewer rehabs, and we're going to have that tie with, with the, the local, the state team, which is which is exciting. Yeah, it's a team that I've been watching uh, for, well, decades, I'll say, Uh the T-Rats have always, you know, had a special place in the Fox Valley. So what went into making this happen, Rob? You said it's kind of a, a longer story here, but I'm eager to hear. Yeah, well, um, last year, Major League Baseball let Minor League Baseball know that they were going to be basically taking over um, how, how the minors are run. And then we ran into COVID, and everything blew up. And this process still happened where Major League Baseball, in essence, uh, got rid of 42 minor league teams. Um, so that was going on behind the scenes. They were looking to take over how all of this process happened, how affiliations happened. And there was worry on our end that, one, are we going to be a minor league team? Two, will, will we be affiliated with the Brewers? What does this new system all mean? So and this is all going on with COVID. So, you know, there's a lot of things happening. And uh, for us, it was just a, a long process. Um, we, we took it kind of step by step. And excited to, to now be a part of Major League Baseball, a part of this new affiliation process. Uh, we officially signed the, the agreement with Major League Baseball and, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I believe it was February 10th was the date. Um, so, yeah, about a week now. And uh, it, it definitely was a, a long process. A lot of things, uh, very, very, I guess, complex process as well. But, um at the end of the day, the Brewers loved being in Appleton. We love being a Brewers affiliate, and I think that won out, and uh, that helped uh, when you know people in New York said, "Where do you guys want to be?" And mm-hmm. we both said, "With each other," 
and uh, and here we are. So it, it took a long time, but but excited to be where we're at. It's really the perfect match, I think, for for Wisconsin baseball fans. Rob, could you share more about the significance of this and and what it means, I guess, for our our, our area, our economy, perhaps? What's the significance of this partnership? Yeah, well, like I mentioned, there was a chance that we weren't going to have a baseball team anymore at all. That, that 42 teams out of 160 were, were eliminated. And unfortunately for, for those teams in those communities, they're going to be without minor league baseball for the first time for some of them in, in over 100 years. So uh, the fact that we're going to have baseball, I think, means a lot to this area. Um, and we've had it for over 100 years as well. So I think sometimes it can be taken for granted. Uh, and uh, we're excited that it's going to continue. But from the standpoint of, of the economy and what it means to the area, you know, we're having teams come in uh, pretty much on a weekly basis. So that's hotel rooms, that's bringing additional uh, visitors to, to the Fox Cities and to the Appleton area, um, overnight stays and hitting up restaurants, going to the mall. Uh, I think it means a lot to the economy of the Fox Cities, and especially that we're, we're a brewer's affiliate because because of that affiliation, we're drawing from all, all over the entire state of Wisconsin. People want to come and see. They want to come see who these brewer prospects are and see the number one pick of the brewers. And um, because of that uh, that affiliation, we're, we're drawing from all over the place, which, again, increases hotel stays. Um, and on top of it, we have 30 full-time staff members here. We have over 400 game day employees that work here. So uh, it, it has a lot to, to the local economy. And... Uh, we're just, you know, honestly excited that we're going to finally, finally be able to to play this year. Um, our hope is we'll have a, a schedule very shortly, um, potentially even released t- uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll be playing baseball again this summer. Oh man, I was just going to ask about that, Rob. Maybe I should have called you tomorrow uh, to get that answer. <laughs> yeah. That's very exciting. We'll keep our eye out for that. A lot of anticipation, though, for the upcoming season, Rob. I'm curious, uh, will fans be in the mix in this, in the stands, hopefully? What are you looking at in regards to that and, and all that's going on in a COVID world? Yeah, we, we fully anticipate having fans this year. Um, when our season starts, which it looks like it's going to start a little bit later than normal. Typically, we start in April. This year, I believe we're going to start probably early May. I'm guessing for the month of May, we're probably going to be at about a 25% capacity um, 1,500 to 2,000 fans, so we'll be able to socially distance and we'll, we'll be requiring masks for, for the first foreseeable future, first month for sure. Um, once we get into June, July, August, we'll see, we'll see what uh, what COVID looks like once we get to summer and as vaccinations go up and hopefully these COVID numbers continue to go down. Um, our, our hope is we'll be at 100% capacity at some point this summer. But, uh, again, as you know, as everybody knows, it's... Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen with COVID and hmm. where where the community is going to be. But um, our hope is 100 percent, but for sure 25 percent to start, and and definitely having fans coming out to watch watch the games this, this summer. Talking with Rob Zerjav today, president of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Rob, some great news there. I know that the Donald Driver uh, charity softball game was recently announced. That always uh, is a big hit in in the community. And I wanted to ask, too, you mentioned that fan involvement. I was seeing something about an ultimate fan experience, uh, the T-Rats 10. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that we just introduced that as well, uh, T-Rats 10. And I hate to call it a fan club because it's so much more than that. But for the ease of the, the radio listener, it, it's 
kind of this really cool fan club um, that if you're a, a casual fan, a diehard fan, there's something for everybody, and there's a, a lot of perks. We're going to continue to add perks um, to the T-Rats 10. Uh, it's gone over extremely well. Um, one of the perks we're going to be doing uh, different uh, event-specific, uh, exclusive events for T-Rats 10 members each month. Um, coming up next week, we actually have one where um, we do have a new ownership group as well for the for the Timber Rattlers. Um, I'm a part of that. Uh, so Craig Dickman, our, our new majority owner, and myself will be um, doing kind of a town hall with all the T-Rats 10 members. And then each month we'll be doing something else. We're hoping to potentially have David Stearns on and maybe get a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on with the Brewers and, and the Timber Rattlers as well. And uh, so a lot of perks, but then tickets to games and discounts on food and beverage at games. So a lot of cool perks. And uh, all that information can be found on our website at, at timberrattlers.com. Well, Rob, I know so many people looking forward to getting back to the ballpark so soon. So thanks for filling us in again on the exciting developments for the team staying here and in partnership uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers for another decade. Great news there. Rob, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks again for taking the time today. Yeah, Haley, always appreciate it, whatever you need. And we look forward to seeing you and your family out at the ballpark this summer. You can count on it. All right. Thank you, Rob. Rob Zergev, again, president and CEO of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, joining us today on Focus Fox Valley. 429 is the time. Your CBS News headlines just moments away. Then we will also bring you some local news. Jonathan Krause in with that before traffic, money markets, updates all ahead right here on WHBY Real Local Radio. This is Focus Fox Valley on WHBY, and we are getting an opportunity today to welcome in this year's Boys and Girls Clubs of the Fox Valley Youth of the Year, Nevea Berry, who is a senior at Appleton North High School. We are also joined, in addition to Nevea today, by Denitra Williams, her star coordinator at Appleton North High School. So good afternoon first to you, Nevea. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And Denitra, welcome back to Focus Fox Valley. Thank you again for the invite. I really appreciate it. Yes. So our listeners just had a chance to hear a bit of Nevea's incredible speech for our listeners. Um, congratulations again, Nevea, on being this year's Youth of the Year. I want to start by just asking how you're feeling and, and what does this honor mean to you? Um. Yes. So thank you again for congratulating me. And I would just say this honor just shows all the hard work and effort I put in paid off in the long run for me personally. All that effort in the long run, Nevea. You know, I, I know you've been part of the Boys and Girls Club for, for almost a decade. Is that correct? Yes. I think the question for me is, you know, how has this organization, how has the Boys and Girls Club impacted your life? Um, I would say... Which club has helped push me and bringing me to the opportunities that I've been giving today, just like Youth of the Year and having impact and impactful mentors like Miss Denitra. Just uh, showing, seeing that bright future that I have and building it forward for me. Mm. Denitra, when you hear from um, students like Nevaeh, what comes to mind? Gosh, honestly, I'm I'm tearing up now and I'm trying to hold it together mm. so I don't crash on the interview. You know, 
I'm always moved when a student or their I'm still tearing up or or their parents or a teacher or anyone um, congratulates me or thanks me or acknowledges the effort that I put in with the students that I serve. And my answer is always the same. I'm just doing the same thing that I would want for someone to do with my black child if they were sitting across their desk. I'm just being me and giving them what I think all of my students deserve. And that's just a supportive adult who has their back both in and out of the school building and in any way that they need me to be here for them and allow me to be there for them. I just try to do that. And Denitra, a little bit further on that, what impacts do you think you're experiencing in the opportunity to mentor students like Nevea? Well, if, if, if the question is how do I feel, I feel touched. Um, I feel excited. I feel honored um, that, these parents, that the Boys and Girls Club, first and foremost, has allowed me to serve these students in this way and that their parents allow me to work with them. When parents thank me, thank you so much for all that you do for my child, I say it back to them, no, thank you for letting me be here with your child as they take this journey on the last four years of their academic career. So I just I just feel honored to be a part of this experience. And for specifically for Nevea, <laughs> for winning, she came in runner-up last year, but she came back, baby, strong this year in circuit. And I'm so proud of her for that. I mean, she deserves everything and anything that comes as a result. I love that. And I can tell that you are just, you're, you're her cheerleader, you're her mentor. The bond is strong, I can tell, between both of you. Nevea, I want to turn back to you on this, though, because in your speech, you speak to your firsthand experiences, um, and you are so passionate about equality and fighting racism and being a voice for your generation and for, honestly, our generations, too. We need your voice in this world. So, Nevea, I'm curious, what would Nevea today say to Nevea 10 years ago about challenges that you'd face in life? So that question... I would really have time to think about, but I would honestly say continue to stay that well-rounded person to situations and to other people, just to understand the different perspectives that I can't personally put myself in. Mm. Nevea, I want to add that I, I spoke with the Boys and Girls Club CEO, Greg Lemke Rashon yesterday, and you know what word he used to describe you? He used courageous to describe you yesterday. <laughs> So I wanted to share that with you. Yeah, I thought that was pretty powerful. Denitra, Nevea kind of sharing that the club helped her in in preparing for her future, getting to where she is today. Can you speak to the the programs that Nevea, for example, might have um, gone through at the Boys and Girls Club that have made today possible? There's a lot of things that the club is doing, um, both in school and out of school at the club itself and in the community. In the last couple of years that I've supported Nevea as your star coordinator, we've done things like taking the kids to um, D.C. to visit the Black History Museum and just to have that whole experience and going to the Capitol and whatnot. There's a number of other things that kids can get involved in and things that we are also rolling out. But I think being a part of the STAR program has helped to bridge Nevada to some of those opportunities, going on college tours and things of that nature. And, of course, she can speak to more in depth about the things that she did before being a part of the STAR program. But those are the things that I've observed as of the last couple of years and things that are also on the horizon to be made available as well. 
Yeah, Nevaeh, I'll toss it to you. What programs maybe stick out in your mind that you've enjoyed being part of at the Boys and Girls Club? Um, just in general, being around all the staff, and um, they were able to help me not only with my academics, but with sports. So with me playing volleyball, they were there to help coach me with new, like how to pass and things like that. And just having people to talk to and friends all there, yeah, for me. Yeah, Nevea, and learning a little bit about you, you are very involved. You're the vice president of your school's Black Student Union, volleyball, like you mentioned. You're in the STEP team. You're enrolled in the Fox Cities Leadership Academy. So many wonderful awards as well as the BSU Excellence Award and Ronald Dunlap Awards. So you are the future is bright for you, girl. I'm really curious, uh, what do you hope to accomplish next? What does the future look like for you? Yes. So for me being a senior, I'm hoping to continue to be successful young lady I am and with my journey with college and being very active with my community. I really would love to set up programs where I can give back for all the, you know, accomplishments they gave me and the opportunities they gave me. Fantastic. Well, we are cheering you on, Nevaeh. Congratulations again on this award. Again, our, our youth of the year for the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Fox Valley. Denitra, anything else you can think you'd like to add this afternoon as well? I just want to say a big, huge shout-out to the Boys and Girls Club, first and foremost, for giving this um, platform to Nevea to be able to share her story and to inspire other young people. Um, and a huge thank you to our director, um, Kayla McNamara, who co-supported me um, with getting Nevea to the winning spot this year. Um, and also, of course, the Appleton North, where um, I have an office and they allow me to work with the students over there. It's just been um, a dream and a delight, not just serving Nevea, which is the apple of my eye, but all the other students that I serve as well. Thank you all, and thank you, Nevea. I was expecting you to say when you talked to Greg that he said um, modest, because that was mm-hmm. the first thing that came to my mind. Nevea is very modest. And I'm proud of her and the growth that she's made and being able to identify her accomplishments. Because normally she would say a couple years ago, oh, I haven't done anything. I'm like, are you crazy? You've done a lot. So um, I just love this young lady. And and what a treat it's been that her mom has allowed me to be here in her life for her along this way. So thank you, honey. I'm so proud of you. Denitra, thank you for sharing that so much. Nevea, anything you'd like to add before we end today? I would just like to say again, thank you for the Boys and Girls Club for this amazing opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to be on the radio with you. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you to Miss Denitra also. I love you. Well, it's my, my it's my privilege to have both of you. So thank you very, very much for your time today and for sharing your story. Again, Nevaeh Berry, our 2021 Boys and Girls Clubs of the Fox Valley Youth of the Year, and Denitra Williams, her star coordinator with Appleton North High School. Thank you so much for being here. We are back with more Focus Fox Valley on your Wednesday, February 17th. I'm Haley Tenpass. Welcome to the show. We're learning more about perseverance today. The rover, that is, that's set 
for a Mars landing tomorrow. And what are they looking for? Well, signs of past life, of course. An exciting development from NASA. And to learn more about this today and what this means for the space world is today Alan Pesch, director over at the Barlow Planetarium on the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh Fox Cities campus. He joins us now on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Good afternoon, Alan. Hi, Haley. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's always great to be here. Absolutely. I'm told that this is going to be a white-knuckle landing and really something to watch. I want to start, though, with how Perseverance kind of got to be in the place that it is, and and what is it exactly? Can you fill us in, Alan? Well, it is a geology. Like you said, it's looking for uh, evidence that there was life on Mars at some point. Uh, And it's going to do that by doing some experiments. It actually has a process that it's going to core into Mars and take those samples. And these cores are going to be about the size of a piece of chalk and put them in a container. And hopefully on a future mission, Perseverance will be able to deliver those to another lander. And that lander will launch them back to Earth. So we will actually get samples from Mars back here on Earth so we can look at them in the laboratory, which which is an amazing bit of technology. But all of this is amazing technology. Sounds like a very impressive passing of the baton here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Landing on another planet is super, super difficult. And, and Perseverance is going to do it more accurately than we have ever done it before, using processes that we've done before. And yes, it is going to be white knuckle because we have to remember Mars traveling at the speed of light, if we try to communicate with it, is currently over 11 minutes away. So if Perseverance sends us a message right now, our interview will be over by the time it gets to Earth. So this lander has to take care of all this stuff by itself. And we talk about the seven minutes of terror, where it starts its landing and it takes seven minutes to land. Well, when it starts its land, we won't find out about it for 11 and a half minutes after it starts its landing. And by the time we find out that it starts its landing, it should be on the ground for over four minutes already. And then we will finally, after it touches down, hear about it 11 minutes later. So we're not in this in real time. We get to know what's going on, be terrified, and hope that everything is working well, just like happened with Curiosity eight years ago. It's very fa- uh, yeah, fascinating. So it, it, it's, it's amazing to have a computer, a sky crane, pull into a hover over Mars to drop something about the size of a Mini Cooper on another planet and release it and then have the sky crane fly off a safe distance away so it doesn't crash on your lander and rover. Uh, and while all this is happening, our last Mars mission, InSight, is probably using its seismometers to detect when the lander hits and when the crane hits. And that's going to be 2,000 miles away on the surface of Mars. So we like to say in our planetarium shows that at the Barlow, we go, you know what, Mars is the only planet entirely populated by robots. 
And right now, and soon we're going to have two robots on Mars. In March, there's going to be three robots roving around on Mars. Two other countries put things into orbit around Mars last week. We are the third. Uh, so it is a busy place, and I really have to sit my hats off to China and the United Arab Emirates for joining the club. Getting to another planet is not easy. Landing on another planet is even more difficult. It's really fascinating, uh, Alan, and Perseverance specifically is the most complex, correct, of of the two other um, probes in orbit right now. This is a $2.4 billion rover, by the way. That's quite the price tag on a Mini Cooper, (laughs) Alan. (laughs) Well, I want to see the... I want to see the Mini Cooper do geology experiments. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really, really impressive. And there's even a helicopter on board uh, called Ingenuity. And it's a, it's a helicopter. It's less than two feet tall. It's solar powered. And it will be able to fly on Mars with a, a rotor span of four feet, power itself by solar power, take off and scout where Perseverance should go to get the best information possible. Uh, And even that's amazing because although the gravity isn't as great on Mars, the air is about 1% or the atmosphere is about 1%. So getting something to fly on Mars is really impressive. And again, it's 11 minutes away by communication time. It is going to fly and make decisions by itself with programming input from us before, but but it, it, it's really cool to have all these things going on and possibly having a sample return come back from the surface of another planet. And, Alan, would this be the first round trip uh, to another planet and back for the United States? Well, at least the samples will be. Okay. So that's important, uh, that to get something from something else where you can actually test it. I mean, we have moon rocks from the moon, and that was a round trip, and, of course, we haven't done that since the early 1970s. So this is really important because we can see a lot when we core into a planet uh, and, and see layers. Because I one of my favorite things I like to do sometimes when we're talking about Mars is there's some wonderful pictures from Curiosity looking at these rock formations. Except when I put that image up on the dome, I also put an image up there from the High Cliff Park, High Cliff State Park. And I kind of go, look at these rocks from Mars. Okay, one of those is from the United, from, from Earth. So that means the two things at that at some point in time were being treated the same way geologically. Um, so it's really cool because people will go, hey, yeah, that's like the park. No, that one's Mars. So same things were happening down the road from Appleton as they were happening on Mars. Maybe not at the same time. That's why we want to look for life there. Maybe there's no life now, but there could have been early life a long time ago. And literally, Mars could have gotten left out in the cold. It's just too cold there. Now, I'm going to say that. I will tell you that on Sunday, it was 9 degrees where curiosity was. I think that was hotter than it was here. Wow. <laughs> it was yeah. 100 below that night for curiosity, yeah. so we, we did better than that. But sometimes we are colder than Mars.
<laughs> well, you don't hear that too often. It's fascinating, though, Alan, because, again, this is answering or looking to find some answers to the question that has eluded people for generations, for years, for centuries. You know, is there life outside planet Earth? And this just another step in seeing if that was a possibility. And the greatest thing about this is, although you can say, well, we're looking at another planet, by understanding the other planets, it gives us a little better understanding of Earth as well. So, so it, it all comes around. And you know what? Knowledge is knowledge, and it, and it can help us in some ways. So, um, so, yeah, the science is awesome. The technology to get them there is awesome. Uh, we had three leave because it was a special alignment of Earth and Mars that only happens every two years. Uh, so that's why we have the Chinese, the Emirates, and us all launching at the same time. It's the quickest way to get there, the most efficient way to get there, and uh, to carry the least skills. So all this stuff, we keep building on the knowledge. As Newton said, I got to see further because I stood on the shoulders of giants, and every one of these missions builds on knowledge of the earlier missions. Alan Pesh with us from the Barlow Planetarium on the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh Fox Cities campus. Alan, uh, about a minute here, but how does this all time out? When can we be anxiously awaiting the news uh, from Mars tomorrow? Well, Mar, this is all going to be happening at about 3.55 local time for us. Uh, so we're about 21 hours away. Um, and uh, so this is going to be very cool. You can watch it online. And, uh, and this weekend, we will do some talking on it at our at our family astronomy night. So if anybody wants to come out, it looks like it's going to be clear and only 10 degrees. I'm, well, warm 10 degrees. So if you want to come out, Mars will be in the sky. We'll try to look at it as this tiny red dot. That's a world that has some new robots going around it. But come out and see the moon and uh, talk with us about this new mission that's going on on the red planet. Fantastic. You can get details on what's happening over at the Barlow by visiting uwosh.edu slash Barlow, and we will link that over at whby.com. Alan Pesh, always a pleasure to have you in to share more about the wonders of space. Thanks so much for lending your, your mind to us tonight. Have a great night, Haley. 5.30 the time. We do have your CBS and local news updates just ahead and a First Alert forecast check-in with the First Alert team. All of that to come right here on WHBY Real Local Radio. This is Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. I'll tell you what, in my household, the music of Frozen is playing very often, and my daughter loves to say, do you want to build a snowman quite often? Well, there's one gentleman in Appleton who just might say, sure, why not? And we are talking with the quote-unquote snowman, as his wife affectionately calls him. Scott joining us now on the line to tell us more about some of the creations he is doing around the Fox Valley. Good afternoon, Scott. Thanks for being with us. Hello. Thank you. Well, the Scott, the question is, do you want to build a snowman, or I should say carve, uh, Snowmen, women, animals, dinosaurs, you're kind of doing it all. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Where does your love of, of, you know, carving snow and, and sculpting snow come from? Uh, well, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do have an art background, and I do earn a living as an artist. Um, so I have some of those skills. And I guess um, 
probably started about 25 years ago. I think I did my first uh, snow sculpture, and it didn't turn out uh, really that good. But um, then I, you know, probably didn't do anything for a couple of years, and then maybe made one enough, made one again, um, and then you know, several years passed, and then uh, maybe made another one. But I really didn't start getting serious about it until about 10 years ago. So that's that's when the tradition began. Tell us more about the tradition, Scott. What are you creating um, in yards in Appleton? What are you doing? Well, I um, I did a couple of penguins for the uh, Century Oaks retirement um, facility on Ballard in Appleton, and that was a few weeks ago. And I, I mostly am doing um, sculptures in my own yard. I live on Glendale. It's near the hospital, so there's a lot of traffic that, that goes by there every day. And so there's, you know, it's a lot of views. Um, but I recently, uh, a, a gal had stopped um, by while I was outside carving, and she had asked me if I'd be interested in building a sculpture in her yard. And I said, sure, and um, and uh, well, then that happened, I think, last week, did that last weekend. And that... But, so would... really, really, it's only been those, those couple. Um, I did do... Um, I did a, a sculptures last year. Uh, the uh, Discovery Channel came to town, um, and they asked me if I'd be interested in... in helping them out, so I did a, a montage, I, myself, along with a, uh, a professional sculptor, and we did a montage of, of Appleton, down by the Appleton Yacht Club. Wow. Further production. Wow. Scott, how difficult is it to work with snow, and, and what are the perfect conditions needed to create uh, your pieces of art? Um, well, I'm out there in all types of, of winter weather. I mean, I was been out there recently over the last couple of weeks during this real cold spell. Um, you know, just a matter of, you know, having the right, the right clothing, you know, to stay warm. Um, one of the advantages of working right on my own lot is that I can dash into the house whenever I get cold, you know, warm up. Um, <laughs> Now, we had the big snow last, it was last week, it was a heavy wet snow, and that was really good for packing. Um, I mean, I can work in all conditions, um, whether it's, you know, below zero or, you know, below freezing or above freezing. Not not too much above freezing because then it just it starts to melt and it may be difficult to work with. We're talking with Scott uh, Lesperance today. They call him the snowman. Scott, you caught my attention because the folks over at Pillars Homeless Shelter here in Appleton shared some of your work, uh, a six-foot dinosaur that you had created, like you just mentioned, for a a local family. And they shared that instead of taking payment for your work, you are asking folks to donate to Pillars. Tell us the thought behind that. Uh. Well, um, I was, you know, I'd gone online one day. I was, I was just doing some research looking for some low-income housing for a loved one. And uh, 
and what I was reading was, you know, really impressed me about what they were doing in the community. So um, I just thought I, you know, I enjoyed uh, doing the sculpting, and you know, I, I do have a full-time employment, and you know, I've done pretty well through through this, you know, the COVID crisis and everything. So I, you know, didn't really need the money. So I just suggested that they could, you know, make a donation to, you know, I, I had suggested Pillars or maybe or Feeding America, and then they had chosen uh, Pillars, uh, being a local organization. And, you know, I just left it up to them how much they wanted to give. And uh, Scott, I think it's a great thing that you're doing to direct those funds to Pillars and for people who want to see more of your work, I know we might have a couple of inches of snow in the forecast uh, this week. Where can they see your work? Well, I'm on the corner of Glendale and Racine. It's behind um, Appleton Regional, uh, what well, used to be AMC. <laughs> so right, right off the corner of Glendale and Racine, it's behind the hospital. It's probably four blocks east of Mead Street. Perfect. And Scott, I know you also have a Facebook page that you mentioned your wife runs, and there are lots of pictures shared of your work on that Facebook page as well. We will make sure to link that over at our website, whby.com. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, though, Scott, for your time today, and keep up the incredible snow sculpting. It's kind of a bright spot uh, during the winter season, so thanks for sharing your talents with all of us. You're very welcome. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.